0: All right. Good morning. I told Louise I was going to preach a really boring sermon today, anyway. So everybody's got a full belly. You're going to sleep through it, anyway. I appreciate the the breakfast and the, the cards and everything that's out there. I, I didn't open them. I'll open them up a little bit later. I appreciate everybody's uh, support, and um, I, I can't I I can't tell y'all how much I appreciate y'all. I'm probably about the most blessed pastor that there is to be able to to be here and, and to serve with you guys, alongside of you guys, and I appreciate y'all greatly, and uh, your love and support. And uh, I guess, uh, y'all, have y'all seen him? Does everybody get a chance to, to, to look at it and see see what he looks like? Marie hates it when you call it a it. <laughs> she's, she's not gonna budge, so I'll bring him up real quick. So he's awake now. Does anybody want to change a diaper? So this is uh, this is Clayton, and this outfit is provided by Bob Garbett at Cross North Baptist Church. <laughs> but he is doing really good. He's growing like a weed. He is uh, he's eight pounds eight ounces Friday, and drinking four or five ounces at a time. So he does, <laughs> he does. See. But, yep. But that, uh, guys, I tell you, if you don't believe in the power of prayer, there's proof. I don't care what the doctors say. When they say that it can't be done, it can be done. That's a uh, nine years of prayer right there, in a dirty diaper. <laughs> but he's doing good. Marie's doing good. A little tired, but doing good. Um, this morning, before we start, um, I got. I, I want to do this. Um, he doesn't know I'm going to do this. And uh, my boss actually goes in tomorrow. He is uh, thirty, thirty-three, thirty-four years old. He has a a tumor uh, on his brain that's right behind his eye, and uh, he's a pretty nervous, feller. He's a he's a he's a fine Christian man. Got a family of two. He's got a four-year-old and two-year-old and one due in February, and um, he's he's nervous. He's nervous about this and the procedure that's going to take place and. Um I love him to death. He's He got me where I am today. He gave me a, a great job and, and flexibility so I could be with you guys more and, and be a little bit more before COVID and be a, out and about a little bit more. And, and so this morning, uh, I know we got a lot on our our, our hearts, and I read this uh, still and that family dealing with the, the passing of her cousin down, down in Morganton, and we've got a lot going on in, in, uh, in the community. Uh, I try to read those Avery prayer things going on. I know there's a lot going on there, and um, there's something else. What a, what to, can that was him. Okay. Failing. Okay. So this morning, that's what I want to do this morning. Before we even get in started with the message, I just I want to take some time this morning to pray, and I want to ask you guys to come up here to the altar. If you will pray for uh, Crowder and pray for... Uh, my boss Tyler Wilcox if you will and in any any other objects anybody else have anything anything on their heart all right everybody's got a special object I'm sure so if you can and will I know it's going to be hard for y'all to get down and get back up here in just a minute but if y'all can join me this morning we're just we're going to have time prayer this morning if you can come up here I'm going to ask Jonathan if he will to open this and I'll close this out.
1: God. And heal and work. And God, I pray that you just be glorified for what you do in that situation. Thank you, God. God, I pray that you'd help me with Tyler Wilcox, God, in this this tumor, Lord. I pray, God, that you would take that away if it Lord, be your will, Lord. Do I pray, God, that you would just touch and heal. Father and him. God just uh, relieve his Thank anxieties God. and his tensions, Lord. And God just help him to rest in you. God lead us and guide us today.
0: Thank you for all your blessings. Father God, this morning we do want to thank you, Lord, for this morning that you've given us to have together at the time of fellowship with one another. Lord, just thank you for this church, for their heart, for their giving heart, and Lord, I pray that you would just continue to bless and grow us. And Lord, just uh, pray that we can glorify your name in everything that we do here at Chestnut Dale. And Lord, we just want to lift up those objects of prayer this morning, Father. I want to lift up the uh, Jesse Crowder to you as well, Father, with that whole situation, Lord, and. Uh, Lord, just touch His body, touch the family as well. Lord, give them that peace that that they need. Uh, Lord, I want to lift up Tyler to You this morning as well, and and as, as as Jonathan said, Lord, just remove that anxiety, take away anything that may be hindering him from focusing on You and 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 putting His faith in You, uh, Lord, knowing that You can pull him through this. Lord, it is uh, it's all inside Your will, Lord. Everything taking place right now is is orchestrated by You. And, Lord, I pray that you would be with all that are involved in this, this scan and everything that they're doing tomorrow evening for him. Uh, God, I pray that you just guide their hands and, and clear their eyes and their mind and their hearts uh, so that they can focus on what's going on, Lord, and, and remove it or do whatever uh, you see fit to do with it. Lord, I, again, I want to thank you for those that are here tonight or today, Lord, and I just pray that you would bless them and continue to grow their families and, and keep them close by your side, Lord. And I, I can't thank you enough for where you have placed us, each and every one of us. You have you have moved this thing around, Lord, and got us at the right place at the right time. Lord, And we thank you for this. And I pray uh, today, Lord, that you would be with Chestnutdale. Lord, I pray that you would continue to work inside the walls of this church. But, Lord, allow us to go outside these four walls and take your gospel around Avery County and, and around the world if you see fit. And, Lord, I pray today that you would be with us in the preaching service. God, I pray that you would touch hearts. And, Lord, I pray that you would just, uh, Lord, just move in the hearts of those that are here, God is especially those parents that are here today, Lord, as we're gonna look at giving our children back to you. One of the hardest things that we can do. But Lord, I pray that you would just open up our eyes and our hearts to to receive this word. And Lord, I pray for salvation. God, if there'd be one here, if there'd be one in another church down the road here, Lord, I pray if they'd be lost, that they'd come and they'd find you today, Lord, before it's everlasting too late. Today we Lord, as always, we love you and we thank you. All this your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can if you can get up. Just just so y'all know, if Nat gets really close to you and then runs away, it's cause he can see better now and you might have scared him. So don't be offended. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad he's back and you can just see how ugly I really am now, can't you? <laughs> yeah. I I don't he may think I'm pretty good looking. He moved to the front row. <laughs> We're gonna be over in Genesis twenty two this morning. Genesis twenty two. And this is something that uh Lord's laid on my heart long time ago. Long, long time ago. And I I, I kinda I feel guilty and, and part of me wants to apologize i don't want to apologize for what i'm about to preach but i apologize for it taking so long and i should have actually preached this when ethan was born that's when i should have been preaching this and lord just let me kind of yeah <laughs> you'll see why in a minute lord just kind of let me see some things over the past few years ethan come along kylie come along uh, i got a cousin just came along, uh, Clayton's here, and I've got to see the birth of a few more, and just come to the realization just how important it is for us to give back to God what he has given us, and that would be our children. We don't, we don't think about giving our children back to God. Um, it just don't sound right, to be honest with you, when we talk about giving our children back to God. So I'll ask you if you've done that. Have you ever given your children back to God? There are some obvious here uh maybe had done a baby dedication or something back in the day but when i say giving your kid back to god some of you are probably like oh i'd love to but i can't find a receipt right now like (laughs) you know it's one of those deals uh but (laughs) there's a man said one time that uh right before he was married he had six theories on raising kids and he says now i have six kids and no theories Which makes sense. But there's a little boy one time, I I love reading these little books, little snippets, little jokes for church. And the little boy said, they're true. The little boy said, Mom, what do you want for your birthday? And and the mom looked up and she said, I want three well-behaved kids. She already had three kids. And the little boy cheered up and he said, that'd be awesome, maybe six of us then. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not suggesting that you return your kids to God. And try to get your money back. I, I know nobody'd want to do that in the first place, but that's not what I'm talking about this morning. What I'm saying is that have you ever really recognized that your children are precious gifts from God? That that's what I want you to understand this morning. And I don't. Everybody's here. Everybody, with the exception of just a, a few of the younger ones, have been blessed with children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews. You name it. You got little ones in your family, and and so. We, I think we take it for granted. Uh, I, I look over, when you look at China, communist China, and you, you look at some of the third world countries that are out there and how they're trying to um, knock down the population, you're only allowed to have one kid, and if you don't like that, you put them up for adoption. Once it's gone, you have another one. We take it for granted how blessed we are here to be able to have our children and raise our children and continue to have our ch- children. We, we don't think about it that way. And we really don't think about them as being a gift from God, do we? I don't think we do anymore. They are a precious gift from God. If you really just stop and think about where they came from, I know Reed has talked about, it, Andrew's talked about, we've talked about it with with Clayton. That you know, there's times that you don't even think you're going to have children, and then God provides. He waits till His perfect time. He waits till it is the right time to have that child. No matter what the age is, and we're going to talk about Sarah here in a minute too, and, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what we think, it's what God thinks. It doesn't matter what the doctors are saying, it's what God is saying. God says, I'll provide for you, just keep praying. Be earnest, keep praying, and I will provide for you. But they belong ultimately and always first to God and not you. And I can't stress that enough this morning. God's asking everyone, our parents, to bring our children and to, to bring them to the altar, to bring them to him. That's all he's asking of us. That's a, that is a gift that he has given us, and we can give that back to him and dedicate them, if you want to say that, back to him. So you might be saying, Preacher, did they really practice bringing their kids to the altar in the Bible? Well, yeah, they did. They sure did. It's biblical. There, there's several accounts of it, three of them we'll talk about real fast, that, that, that happened. One of them, of course, we know about Hannah, and she brought Samuel to God. She prayed earnestly for that child. And what did she do once he was here? Give him to God. That's exactly, that's why we have Clayton's middle name is Samuel. That's God has heard. That's what Samuel stands for or means is God has heard. Then that's what Hannah did. Samuel was born and she gave him to God. Uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they circumcised baby John the Baptist and gave him back gave him the name John as the angel had told him to, and then they gave him to God. They gave him back to God. And the third one, we all know this one, Joseph and Mary, they brought baby Jesus to God. On that eighth day, after the circumcision, they brought him up and gave him to God. And it says the Bible tells us that they present him to the Lord. They gave him to God. Now, the one that we're going to look at this morning is a little bit different. So these brought them to God in a different way. The one we're going to look at this morning is in a way that, uh, it, when you read the story, and we're going to read it here in a minute, it's, it sounds pretty harsh when we go and we really look at this. But the example of parents surrendering their child to God this morning uh, is of Abraham and Isaac. And if you've got your Bibles t- uh, turned over to Genesis 22, if you will, stand with me one more time. I hate to make y'all work after all that breakfast. <laughs> Genesis 22, verse 1 says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood. For the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked And behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the steed of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said, to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Jerry, will you open us up this morning, please? But you can have a seat, and I won't make you work anymore this morning. I promise. I hope before we leave today that every parent, grandparent, and hope-to-be parent has an Abraham and Isaac experience. I think we need to have these experiences in our lives. We need to have those moments where we stop and give it back to God. And we I know I, I preach it, and we read about it, and we'll sing about it too, about giving it all to God. And we, Conley sings a song, uh, is, is it all on your, uh, something on the altar. Is your all on the altar? Is that right? Is, is your all on the altar? We, we talk about that. Is your all on the altar? When we talk about the all, what is the all? We talk about burdens. We talk about sins. We talk about our problems. But what else do we put on the altar for God? All. All means everything. So when he has blessed you with something, child, job, whatever it is, we need to be giving that back to him. If he's giving you a job, the way we can return that back to him is through tithing. If he's providing you with a job and finances, we can return that by tithing, giving back to him. With the child, we can, and I'll talk a lot about this, we can give that child back to God and ask God to, to use that child in, in a great way. And that's exactly what Abraham did. He literally and totally gave Isaac back to God. Literally gave him back to God. That had to be hard. That had to be painful for Abraham. After all, he was He was loved. Isaac was loved. Verse two tells us, "Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest." Take your son, the one that you love. Take him. Isaac was what we would call a miracle baby. I mean, he truly was a miracle baby. Sarah was ninety. Uh, Abraham, he was a uh, hundred. So that's that's up in age. That's 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 a ger- that's a true geriatric pregnancy right there. Uh, when I was in Haiti the first time I went down there. Uh, with um, the malaria pills and things that we had to give out, I had to ask all the women that would come through my clinic, and I would say, are you breastfeeding are you, or are you pregnant? And I had a little lady come through there. And she's probably up in her mid-50s or something like that. And I asked her if she was pregnant, and uh, she laughed at me. And she said, no, I'm too old in her broken English. is a Haitian Creole. And uh, I laughed at her, and I said, Sarah wasn't. And she got it. She knew exactly what I was talking about. You can have, if God wants you to have it, you can have it no matter what your age is. Abraham's entire life was invested in Isaac at this moment. He had spent his whole life following God through the desert over in Middle Eastern parts of the world. Been following God. And in and, and minding God here, and, and God had made him this promise. God had made him a great promise. If you want to look over verse 18 there in chapter 22, it says, And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Abraham, I'm going to bless this nation, because you obeyed me, you listened to me, you minded the Lord. You had what we would call a fear. He had a reverence for God, and he'd done what God had told him to do, and he followed him, and all this was to be fulfilled through Isaac. Abraham was faithful. Isaac got to reap the rewards. He benefited from all of this. Now, I want you to try to put yourself over in Abraham's sandals just a second, okay, because he didn't wear shoes back then. Put, your, put yourself in Abraham's sandals. Think about what he just had to do. He took his son, the son that he loves, and he took two of his workers, and he got his donkey, and he got his firewood, and he got his rope, and he took his torch, and they went so far. And you think about what Abraham had to do. He had to take his son, in the back of his mind the whole time, knowing that he was coming off of that hill by himself. Two would go up, and one would come back. He took his son, and he bound his son. He tied his son up, and he put his son on that altar. And He raised his hand with that knife. He was going to slay his son. He was going to sacrifice his son because God said so. And after he slayed him, he was going to have to watch his son be cremated. Hard to think of it like that, ain't it? We don't talk about that stuff. But that's exactly what he was going to do. That's what a burnt offering is. It's cremation. Abraham was faithful. He gave his son back to God. And because he was faithful, because he feared God, I mean reverence. He had reverence for God. Because he had a reverence for God, God provided the ram in the thicket. His little horns hung up in the thicket. But he provided that sacrifice. So he untied Isaac. And they sacrificed that ram. Can you imagine? Not only what went through Isaac's mind, or Abraham's mind, but what went through Isaac's mind? Here's what I I always catch out of this. Isaac knew there had to be a lamb. He knew there had to be a sacrifice. And he asked his dad, where's that? Abraham said, God will provide. And God provided. God done exactly what he was supposed to do. The best thing Abraham ever did for Isaac was to tie him to that altar and surrender him back to God. He surrendered, he gave him to God, and God provided. That's what happens when we, when we surrender all to God, he does provide. Now, there's four basic things that we're going to look at this morning about surrendering your child to God. The first thing we're going to look at is giving your children to God is a confirmation of your love for him and your child. You are proven that you love God and you love your child when you give that child back to him. Now I'll stop real quick and just say this. If y'all y'all might think this sounds like a a dedication, but it's not. This is something that should have been done a long time ago. And I, I do apologize for dragging my feet on it, but time just wasn't right to talk about it. It is now. But when you surrender that child back to God, give that child back to God, it is confirming that you love God and you love that child. That's what we if you if you love your child. You're going to want, if you love God, I'm back up. If you love God, then you're going to want God to have complete control of that child's life. Complete control of that child's life. That's where I want my children. I want them to be in the center of God's will. Always. Always. Want, that's where I want them. And that's exactly what Abraham provided by his willingness to offer Isaac because he loved his son and he loved his God. And so he was going to give it back to him. He was demonstrating that his love and fear of God were supreme in his life, above all else, nothing else mattered. God provided Abraham and Sarah with the son that they had prayed for for years, so nothing else mattered after that. It was he was on cloud nine, and so when God says sacrifice, he knew Abraham knew in his heart God was going to provide. Did he have doubt? I, I don't think. That that you couldn't do what Abraham did without some type of doubt. We're we're human. We're going to doubt things, but there, Abraham knew because God was faithful and He did provide that son that He would He would provide. He would, however, it may be. How, I, mean, I I think about this right here. I think well, maybe if he ended up sacrificing Isaac, that God would provide him with another son. But he didn't. He provided him with that lamb. That perfect lamb. Abraham loved God above the most prized treasures of his life, which was Isaac. He loved God more than his son. As a parent, that's that's tough. I love my God. I love my God above all else. I do. I love my children. I do. I cannot imagine doing what Abraham done. And I don't think God would ever do that again. I know he wouldn't. He don't need to sacrifice anymore. I can't imagine that. But God, I'm sorry, Abraham proved at this point right here how much he loved his God. That's a lot of love. Matthew ten thirty seven says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. So giving your children back to God confirms that you love God and you love your child. We want the best for our children. Our children, give them back to God. Let God have your child. Number two, giving your child to God clarifies ownership. When you give your child back to God, you're telling everybody, this child is God's. You're telling the world, this child is God's. We need We need to Be a little bit more open about that. This child belongs to Him. He has given this child to me to take care of and to help raise, but this child ultimately belongs to God. When you give your child back to God, you're openly declaring that this child is a gift from God. You're telling the world, it's kind of like a a baptism. You're telling the world, I believe in Jesus. I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I am now saved by God's good grace. When you tell the world that, My child has been given to God. You're telling the world that you believe God will take care of your child and take care of you too, just like he did for Abraham here. Here. You have the privilege to love and train this child, but this child is not yours. Hard to believe, ain't it? You're raising them, you're changing their diaper, you're feeding them, you're taking care of them, but that child is not yours. That is God's, and that's God's prized possession right there. Now, was this not what had to be on Abraham's mind when he laid Isaac on that altar is that not what you think he was just it was kind of crossed his mind you have the, this privilege you have a privilege you have an honor it is an honor to be able to change the diaper it is a privilege to be able to well I'm real tell you this to, to stay awake sometimes at night or a lot right now and not when they're crying it's an honor it's a privilege do you not think that crossed Abraham's mind when he brought his son up, would you not think that he thought back to whenever Isaac was born and all the times that, that, that they had to nurse and feed him and change him and protect him and, to, and care for him the way that they did? Do you not think it crossed his mind? Yeah, it did. The whole, Every step of the way, every step the two of them took up Mount Moriah, every time that, that conversation that Isaac and Abraham had between the two of them, I mean, a father and a son going up on a mountain to make a sacrifice. Don't you think Isaac might have been a little bit excited? I get to go with dad. I get to go make a sacrifice with my dad and talk about all the things that they had done in the past. All the sheep they would herded or all the whatever they killed over the Ibex or whatever they might have killed over there or whatever. They They had these... this moment they were bonding, they were having a father and son moment. And do you not think that made it hard on Abraham as they walked up that mountain and they're making more memories together as they're going step by step by step to the top of Mount Moriah? Do you not think it just wore out Abraham, just wore him down thinking this is it? God, I've done all this and now you want me to sacrifice him? Abraham, was he not saying, Lord, this young man belongs to you, not me. Do with him as you please. This young man is yours. You do whatever you want to with him, God. You let me have him. I'm going to let you have him back. Do whatever you want to. That little boy or that little girl that's in your home does not really belong to you. It's hard to Again, it's hard to imagine. It belongs to God. I got three. They're not mine. They're not Maria's. They're God's. We're taking care of them. We're feeding them a lot. And Gideon ain't helping none either now. They're God's. That's all there is to it. We prayed. We asked. God provided. There he is. We just take care of them. We're just going to take care of them. They're precious gift from God alone to us. Psalms 127.3 says, Low children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the, the womb is his reward. We better be careful. I'll be really honest about this right here. We better be careful how we treat and care for God's gifts. We've got to be careful with these precious gifts that he's given us. Take care of them. One of the areas that our society needs help with right now how to take care of children. I don't think, as a society, as a nation, we know how to take care of our children like we ought to. I was doing a little reading here. The, the numbers are not out, completely out right now. Deanna or Rita, one may know more about 2019 or 2020. But 2018 studies showed that there's almost 620,000 abortions in the U.S. alone. Almost 620,000 Babies that are not here with us right now. It makes you sick. Our society needs help. And if you're pro-abortion and or support those that are, then I'll be honest with you, their, their blood is on your hands too. I'll just leave it at that. One of the seven things that God hates is Proverbs 6, and he says, in Proverbs 6, is hands that shed innocent blood. You can't get more innocent than our children. You cannot. These children belong to God in every way. We are to take care of them. We are to take care of every single one of them. They're precious. Number three, giving your child to God is a commitment to raise them under the Lordship of Jesus. <clears throat> there's a, I think that's one of the harder things for a, a parent to do is to raise them up in, in, a, in a godly home. There's so much world now, and the world is trying to tell us how to raise our children. There's a lot, of, there's some self help books out there, and you got all these doctors and psychologists out there and they're trying to tell you how you're to raise your kids you don't need to read their books you don't need to take their advice we got everything we need right here it's all written down for us we just need to get back in it that's the problem because we got away from it we need to get back in the word of God and we need to commit to raise them up under that lordship of Jesus Ephesians 6 4 says and you fathers provoke not your children to wrath but bring them up in the nurture and mon- admonition admonition of the lord of the lord to give your child to god that's a commitment we have committed that child back to god that in that commitment that we have made to god we are to be godly parents we are to love jesus supremely love him and let our children see us love him because in return they're going to want to love him too We've got to uh, teach our our children about Jesus as much as we can. Keep keep the kids in church. That's that's tough, keeping them in church. Love that child. Pray for that child. Train up that child. The Bible tells us to train up a child in the way they should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up your child. It takes Church. When we have our children here this morning, we got some we got some good ones. We got some good grandparents, we got some good parents, we got some good people in this church that we can go to. When we have questions about parenthood, we got people we can turn to. What did you do when this happened with your child? We got advice. Takes a church. Get good godly sound advice from the men and women in our church. Keep our homes holy. Put away the worldliness. Keep the world out of your home the best that you can. I know it's tough nowadays. Try to keep the world out and keep God in. Live a righteous life. Keep Christ as the Lord of your home. That's, there's just a few things we've got to do. I like what Joshua told the children of Israel. Here's they, they settled into their new home there in the promised land. Over in Joshua 24, he says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve you the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the god gods of the Amorites in those la- in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Me and or we talked about it. I think it was Wednesday night. We was talking about equal yokes. We, we was talking about Adam and Eve and and how um, and during the marriage how it takes three, but we got to be of equal yoke. We have got to be able to pull the same as we're going through this life. And I believe our children need to see that. I believe our children, if if, if there's a if the if there's a marriage and it's unequal, one's a believer and one's not, the strain that it puts on those children. It's unimaginable. We we don't have to deal with that. You know, I didn't grow up in a house, Marie didn't grow up in a house, where the the parents were not believers. We went to church. We stayed in church, and so we didn't get to see that the stresses from one side or the other. You don't have to go to church. No, you need to go to church. You can stay here with me today, or no, you need to go with me today. We don't have to deal with that. That stresses that our children don't need to go through. That's why it's so important in a marriage, especially that they be of equal yoke, that they both be believers. Now, that's, that's the kind of commitment God is looking for in parents today. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The fourth thing, last one, giving your child to God is claiming God's plan and promise for their life. We're giving them back, and we're asking God, can you keep them in the center of your will? And you're saying, God, you've got great plans for this person, this little boy, this little girl. You've got great plans. And I'm looking forward to what you have in store for their life. Isaac inherited God's blessings. He inherited, he got that protection. He got the promises because dad, because Abraham here gave him back to God. He was blessed. If you go over to verse 15 again, it says, An angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and of, this, of the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. and in, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. You listen to God, and your people are going to be blessed. When we listen to God, He blesses us. He He not He not only blesses you, but He will bless your family. When you and your family mind the Lord, you get blessed. Your children are blessed by your obedience to God. Minding the Lord—that's that's a hard thing to do. And Pastor and, and Abby was you eight, nine, when we leave Beach Valley? Nine. So that was a hard thing because I'm minding the Lord, Memoria, actually, minding the Lord to leave, to to leave this church. We were minding the Lord, but a nine-year-old don't get that yet. At nine years old, don't understand why we're having to leave. We had to leave. We had to go because God said so. And that's, that's not the way that they want to hear it. You know, because whenever you tell a child, oh, why? Because I said so. that it just makes them so mad. Why are we leaving this church? Because God said so. That's not the answer they want to hear, but that's the only answer I can give. Because God said so. I'm going to stay in the center of God's will. Me and Maria are going to stay in the center of God's will. If we're in the center of God's will, God's going to bless us. Guess where he blessed us? Here. He brought us here he had to get us away from one place to get us here so now we're blessed because of you guys but that's what he wanted from us was to mind him and he would bless us when you obey god with your life and give that child back to god you're positioning that child to receive god's best you're set, kind of setting him up i guess to receive the best by giving that child back to god you're declaring that god has a divine plan he has a purpose for their life yeah, he's got a purpose he's got a plan for everybody's life but when you give it back that means that you are trusting him with that plan and that purpose for their life you're doing what you can to help discover that plan and obey it and so it means to give your children back to god hand them over give them back it's a confirmation that you love jesus and that you love that child you're confirming that here you go god here's my son, here's my daughter, I love you, take care of them. It's clarification of ownership. When we give them back to God, that's confirming that he is owner. He he created them. We're just babysitters here on earth. It's a commitment to raise the child under the lordship of Jesus. It's claiming uh, of God's best plan and promise for them. I'm claiming that. That's exactly what transpired here with Abraham when he took Isaac up on Mount Moriah, he laid him on that altar. And he'd done just that. He, Abraham was confirming his love and his fear for Jehovah, his reverence for God. He was, he was claiming that. He was clarified who, who Isaac really belonged to, which was God. And Abraham was committing the life of his son to God, and Abraham was claiming God's plan and promise for Isaac. So Abraham is a great role model parents he did exactly what we are to do we are to give our children back to God so was Mary and Joseph so was um, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth and so was Hannah giving them back to God because he gave them to us and he's allowing us to take care of them for him so give those kids back to God and, I, and as I said it, it, this is something that I think it's just taken several years to finally come to fruition for me to just to to, to study this and, and to try to get ready for it. I guess it took took that something else to come out of Israel. <laughs> Sold Maria's car in Israel. Got Clayton's middle name in Israel and finished up the sermon. Been working on for years out of Israel. It's amazing. Give your children back to God. It ain't too late. Hunter ain't too old if you ain't done it yet. Kick him out. He needs all the help he can get. Uh, again, I, we appreciate it from my family and and me. We appreciate the the breakfast the time of fellowship this morning. We don't deserve anything that y'all have given us, but we love y'all to death and appreciate you very much. And uh, appreciate the prayers and again for the calls and the text messages and everything else we've got for Clayton and Maria too. I don't think anybody's ever asked. Just how is Clayton? They've always said, how's Maria and Clayton? And that that means a lot. Nobody's asked about the girls, though. (laughs) Or me. That's all right. Stand with me. We're going to close out. Ethan, you want to pray? You want to pray? You want to? Here. You want to do it right there? Can you pray? Amen. You're dismissed.